0: Let's go ahead and go to our Bibles. We're in Psalm chapter 23, Psalm 23. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful psalm this is. And last week uh, we began with the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. And there's different translations we've learned this in. And one of the things I mentioned last week that's important is this. We tend to take the 23rd Psalm, much like the Lord's Prayer, and, and just kind of say it. It rolls off our tongue. But rolling off our tongue doesn't mean it's penetrated our heart or made the connection to our heart and our head. And it's so important for us to do that. So as even we read out of the CSB translation, uh, and that's what I preach from, uh, there's a little bit of a variance there, a difference in the way it sounds, because it doesn't just roll off the tongue in King James or New King James. It's a different format, although it says the same thing. It should help us take our heart and our mind and look at it differently. Uh, and listen, it's, it's many people have have taken false comfort in Psalm 23. We mentioned that last week. Uh, when when the, the scripture says the Lord is my shepherd, it's a personal thing. It's very personal and down deep. And it has to be understood that that it's not just the Lord is a shepherd and He's going to take care of everything and 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 I'll I'll dwell in His house forever. Well, that's only true. The promise is only true for those who have made the Lord their shepherd. When I can say the Lord is my shepherd, then I can say I will not want. I have everything I need. That's so important for us to understand. So so hopefully you haven't taken a false comfort in the 23rd Psalm and that, that it is actually a personal comfort because you have made Jesus Christ the good shepherd of your life and heart and he has saved you by his shed blood and by his resurrection. If you don't belong to Jesus, God is not your shepherd. But if you do know Jesus, then Psalm 23 is for you, and it's a promise for you. So today we make the transition between what we've seen in verse 1 and head into verse 2. And verse 1 was all about this, this notion that God is our shepherd, and because he is our shepherd and he cares deeply for us, we will have everything we need. Not everything I want, but everything I need. It's about the quantity of, of providing for us. And what we look at today as we move from this quantity of God providing for all of our needs into the quality of what he provides for us. So we're going to the quality. What is he providing for us? What is he leading us to? And today's sermon title is Green Pastures and Still Waters. So I'll go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll read our passage of Scripture from Psalm 23. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful that as we look to your word and you open our hearts and our minds to the power of your spirit that we would, we would see you more clearly. And God, I I pray that we wouldn't take the 23rd Psalm as just a regular psalm that we have memorized as children or have heard over and over again at funerals or weddings or different events in church, but God, that it would be new to us today. So God, help us to, to see it fresh. God, we ask that you would let it convict us, let it challenge us, let it comfort us, let it shape us. We want to look more and more to Jesus and more and more like Jesus. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're in Psalm 23, and I'm gonna read the, read the entire passage so we just can kind of continue to meditate on that uh, every week. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. What a wonderful passage of Scripture, and uh, I, I hope, again, it's becoming new and vibrant to you. We're going to look at a couple things today as we uh, look to this text. Uh, one I want to go back to uh, is one we looked at last week, uh, 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 Psalm 95, and it's, it's important because I, I feel like as we look to the Scripture, the Good Shepherd is calling out to us. He's calling out to his sheep, and, and that his sheep had better be attentive. We better be ready to listen and ready to hear from, from God and what he's going to do. Psalm 95, 6-8 through 8 says this, Come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep, under His care. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Such a, a profound statement to make that the voice of God, the Good Shepherd, is crying out to us, drawing us to him, wanting to lead us and care for us and tend to us. So today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Well, we've broken the sermon into two sections, green, green pastures and, and still waters. So we're going to look at uh, what does that mean? What, what does it mean for the shepherd to, to lead us towards an, in, in the green pastures and lead us beside quiet waters? Well, the first one is the green pastures. These are, are pockets of lushness, and, and there were two seasons of, of some good rain in Israel, and they would create some lush, fertile ground, but those were hard to come by at times. You'd have to go find them and, and go let the sheep be in those spots where they would be able to eat and be nourished and, and find rest there. Uh, it, and It, it indicates that, that out of all of the dryness and, and weariness and drought that might all be around, there were places that were fertile. There were places that were lush. There were places that you could find comfort and could find good food. So it's God, the shepherd, leading us out of drought and out of weariness and in to rest. He says, follow my voice. And it's interesting, as he says, I'm going to lead you to pastures and I'm going to lead you to waters. It is not just a one-time thing. Hey, let's go find a pasture and hopefully we'll, we'll have enough for a little while. It's pastures and it's waters. It's a perpetual and continual promise that the good shepherd makes for his sheep. The first aspect we're going to see here in green pastures is this. Number one is the shepherd leads us to peace. The shepherd leads us to peace. The verse says in verse two of Psalm 23, he lets me lie down in green pastures. Now, sheep are fearful animals and they are easily panicked. And, and when they're scared, they will not lie down and rest. That's just how they are, their nature. Uh, they're, they're finicky, they're fickle, they're nervous animals. Only the shepherd can provide calm assurance and let them lie down in security. Listen, there's peace and there's satisfaction that only God in Christ Jesus can provide for his sheep. After all, he is the good shepherd. I mentioned this uh, briefly, I think, last Sunday, and, and I mentioned this a little more in depth on Wednesday night. But, but we have to understand the good shepherd is the one that tends and cares for the sheep. He is the one who is compassionate and gracious. gracious. He has a vested interest in his sheep. He is not a hired hand. He is not one that says, uh, well, I'm doing a job and I'm getting paid for it. As long as I'm getting paid, but if it's going to risk my life, I'm out of here. And we'll see that in in John 10. You see how the hired hand runs off when real danger comes. But because the shepherd is invested, he stays. Listen, the shepherd is all in. He cares. And when we say he's invested in his sheep, what does that mean? Obviously, for Jesus... He went all in when he gave his life for the sheep, when he laid his life down for them. He was all in. He is not just a hired hand. John chapter 10, we're going to read a portion of this again, verses 7 through 10, and we'll jump down to 28. Jesus said again, Truly, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. So there's this contrast that's happening here. He's saying, listen, there, there are others There are thieves and robbers, and and oftentimes they're, they're false shepherds. They look good, but they're really not. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. You see, Jesus came to give his life that his sheep would have life through him. He is fully invested. He is all in. He goes down to verse 28. He says, I give them eternal life that they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The shepherd leads us into this place of peace because Christ paid it all. There's no more debt to be paid. There's no more nervousness to be had. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation that he has given you life and it's eternal life and that you shall never perish and that peace is there that no one can snatch you out of his hands. He's not going to run away. He will never abandon you. He is the good shepherd. Peace is granted by Christ as he leads us in and then out to green pasture places of lushness, and, and these places, when, when it says we can lie down, it means that we can be safe and secure, free from pests, free from uh, 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 bad interactions with, with the other sheep. It's a place of just contentment and rest that he provides for us, and that peace is so important for us to know and to have, and that's why he leads us there. And we see that salvation offered in Christ. We see the peace and the hope. In, in Romans 5.1, it says this, since we have been justified by faith. So when we trust Christ as Savior, we put our faith in Him to save. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are at peace. And there's no greater peace for you and I to have than to be at peace with God. Scripture says that we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And because of that, we are we are condemned to death. That's the sentence. The consequences of sin, the wages of sin is death. That we're separated and that through our sin that we are enemies with God and not at peace with him at all. But he came to make peace through offering Jesus Christ in our place. Christ died on a cross. He shed his blood. He poured out his life. He was buried and then he rose again victoriously conquering death so that you and I could have life. That we could have victory through Jesus Christ. I hope you hold on to that, that when we have faith in Christ, we have peace with God. And that peace is something that endures inside. We may not be at peace with everybody in the world or our neighbors or our coworkers, or our family, but we can have peace with God. So what should we do if we're we're his sheep and we call him our shepherd? We can test to see if he is our shepherd by asking, is my soul at peace? Listen, if your soul is not at peace, I would urge you today to listen to his voice. Do not harden your heart to turn to him in faith and trust him as Savior. Let him be the good shepherd and lead you into peace. The second thing about green pastures, number two is this. The shepherd leads us to rest. See, green, pa- green pastures were there to, to give rest to the sheep. Again, a place of comfort and peace where there was no enemy, there were no friction, there were no pests. They could settle down and rest. They could have their fill and eat, and then they could sleep and rest. And it was interesting, that the, the verbiage used here for rest and, and, and this idea of green pastures is, is uh, indicated in Numbers chapter 10. When you see that the Israel was, was coming out, and following the Lord and they have the Ark of the Covenant there uh, in verses 33 and 34 it says, They set out from the mountain of the Lord on a three-day journey with the Ark of the Lord's Covenant traveling ahead of them for those three days to seek a resting place for them. That's what green pastures indicates, this resting place for them. So the connection made when David writes this psalm and pens the psalm uh, by the Holy Spirit, he's saying, listen, I'm still the God who wants to go before you, a God of covenant who wants to go before you and lead you to a resting place. And that would resonate with people that would hear that. So I hope that resonates with you, that the God, the covenant God, who led his people long ago to places of rest, still today as the good shepherd, wants to lead us to places of rest. But we're restless at times, aren't we? We're anxious. We have worry in our hearts. Paul writes in Philippians that we shouldn't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, we should present our requests to God. Then the promise, it says this, and then the peace of God, right? This peace that we're looking for, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's such an important thing. It's not only is there peace with God, but we can have peace in our hearts, which is that rest we're talking about. He wants us to have rest from anxiety and rest from worry and rest from the burden and cares of the world. He wants to give us rest for that. And we see that in Matthew chapter 11 as well, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and, and heavy burdened, and I will give you Rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to think about this. He says, I, I, come to me if you're weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. He says, take up my yoke and learn from me. He says, I've got a job for you. I've got a a proper burden for you to carry. It's not a burden that that you should carry uh, on your own. It's not a burden that that you should worry about. It's a burden that I'm going to place. And then he says, and learn from me. And and here's the next interesting verse here, next uh, statement. He says, learn from me. Take my yoke and learn from me. So there's someone there to guide us and direct us and give us instruction. It's, It's like this shepherd, right? And he goes on, he says, because I am lowly and humble in heart, just like a shepherd, right? That's one of the lowliest positions someone could have as a shepherd. But that's what Jesus has done for you, and that's what He's done for me. He's he stooped down from this God Almighty of the universe and said, "Even though I'm God Almighty, I'm gonna I'm gonna humble myself, and I'm gonna become lowly. I'm gonna care for you in the deepest, deepest way. And in doing that, you will find rest for your soul. So come to me for that rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Whatever God puts on our shoulders." is manageable because he is with us. That's so important for us to understand. So the question is this, who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? There are a lot of false shepherds out there, there are a lot of bad shepherds, there's a lot of places we put our hearts and we, we allow those, those shepherds, those false shepherds to place burdens on our shoulders, heavy burdens that we can't carry and we were never meant to carry. But who or what are you looking to to find rest the good shepherd is the only one who can really give us rest he's the only one that we will fully be satisfied in and feel comfort comfort from and and fully confident to be able to lay down and rest at peace number 3 the final uh, aspect of green pastures is this the shepherd leads us to nourishment All right so there's there's peace there there's rest there and then there's nourishment there certainly there's lush green grass some of the finest Grass for grazing. Jesus says it in John 10, 9, and 10. And I I read this earlier. I am the gate. He says, If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. It's like, yeah, come to me. I'll give you life. I'll give you abundance. And what is it? He says, A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. When you are at peace, and your burden is light, and you find rest, then you can be nourished. I, I want us to understand something though. It's we can't put the cart before the horse. Here, here's what happens. So often we, we, we look at green pastures and say, I need that. I need the green pastures. Or you look at still and quiet waters, like, I need the drink from there, I, I need that. Or, or, or you look at the sheep and say, look at those sheep, they, they, they seem to be at peace and at rest, and they're, they're a great bunch of, bunch of sheep, and I want to be with those sheep. So people follow those sheep, other sheep follow those sheep. And what they do is they're looking for this rest, they're looking for this life, and, and they're not going to find it with the sheep, and they're not going to find it even in the pasture, they're not going to find it even from the water, they're only going to find it from the shepherd. So listen today, friend, if you are only following other sheep, if you're only looking to say, I, I, I love the emotional connection I get and I love the energy that there is in this church or this worship service, I love how these people are so kind and nice and I just love to be around them and it just makes me feel good, you will still come up empty. If you even go to His Word and begin to read and, and, and it's not pointing you to Him and you're not embracing Him as Savior, it will come up Empty. There'll be empty words without the Savior, without the shepherd. We have to go and find nourishment after we've found the shepherd, after we've heard his voice, after we've responded to his call, after we've gone in and then he's led us out to green pastures. I want to read a passage out of John chapter 6, verses 26 through 36. Jesus answered, He says, Truly I tell you, uh, you are looking for me. Not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. So he had just fed the multitude. Like, oh man, we were, we were satisfied. That was a good meal. I can't believe that, that he could provide like that. That's amazing. I, and then what did they say? I want another meal. I want another loaf. I want another fish. He, he says, no, don't, don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. He's saying, it's not about the food I gave you, it's about me being the food. What can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. So now they're curious, what do we do? Jesus replied, this is the work of God. Listen, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one that he sent. It's not the work of God that you get to the pasture. It's not the work of God that you... Uh, get to the potluck, that you find the water. It's the work of God that you believe in the one he has sent. Well, what sign then are you going to do so that we might believe you? They asked. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, uh, he gave them bread from ev- heaven to eat. Well, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. What's the real bread? What's the real manna? It's Jesus. Then he said, sir, give us this bread always. And and I can't help but think they're still thinking about pastures. They're still thinking about potlucks. They're still thinking about meals. They They might still be thinking about wondrous miracles. But they aren't thinking about the good shepherd. So they said, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. That's as clear-cut as it can be. It's all in him. He is the bread of life. No one comes to him, will ever be hungry or ever be thirsty. But, he goes on, as I told you, you've seen me, and yet you do not believe. See, these these folks have hardened their heart. They are looking for a sign and a wonder. They're looking for uh, this miracle of food and they want want more bread. And Jesus says, you're missing the point. I am the bread and you still, although you see me and I'm here, you don't believe. So my challenge to you, my encouragement to you is is you must believe and you must receive the bread of life, the good shepherd. And it doesn't stop there. As you receive him, then he nourishes you. Then he starts to nourish you and satisfy your soul and how does he do that well first of all he is the life and his word is the nourishment his word is the nourishment Matthew 6 11, we were taught by Jesus how to pray and what do we see in uh, praying in verse 11 of chapter 6 give us today our daily bread we want we need our daily nourishment we, we need to be provided for but we also trust that you are going to nourish our souls and we will delight in your word Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart. There's nourishment in God's word and from God's word. Job chapter 23, verse 12 says this, I have not departed from the commands of his lips, Right, his word. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily food. That might be hard for some of us to say, maybe most of us to say. Do we treasure God's word more than our daily food. Psalm 19. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. Listen, the shepherd leads us to nourishment. First, in him, the bread of life, and then to his word, which is able to renew and transform us into new, different people, into his sheep. So we look at green pastures. We've looked at that leading to green pastures, and what does that signify? And, and then we're going to look at still waters or quiet waters now, and there's two points under this I want to look at. First of all, quiet waters. It says, he leads me beside quiet waters. Number one is this, or number four actually now, uh, number one under the still waters section, but number four, the shepherd leads us to fruitful refreshment the shepherd leads us to fruitful refreshment he leads me beside quiet waters so quiet waters it's it's interesting that it, it was it's made to feel calm and restful you're in green pastures you're lying down and next to you is a babbling brook right it's not a rushing river it's quiet waters a beautiful still spring that's just there and fresh quiet waters refers to waters that are not unsafe they're peaceful, peaceful and they're easily approached. Sheep, sheep would not go by running waters. They would not go by rushing waters. They didn't want a current. They didn't want to be swept away. They were fearful of that. They would only desire smooth waters. So here's what shepherds would do. Because you didn't have the luxury always of finding a, a, still, a still water or a quiet water. A shepherd caring for his sheep would actually go to a more of a rushing stream and would put boulders in and create his own dam. And, and he would dam off the stream and create with that dam a reservoir, a, a pool, a quiet, still water where the sheep could enjoy refreshment. There's refreshment there, there's safety there, they could drink in safety. Uh, John, uh, in John chapter 4, Jesus says this in verses 13 and 14. He says, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. Talking about the well, he's at the the well with the woman at the well. He says, anyone that drinks this water is going to get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. See, Jesus gives us the water we need. He provides safe water, refreshing water, nourishing water for us and it's fruitful. His springs and his still waters become a well in us, springing up life within us. And as we abide in him, we are satisfied and we are changed. I want to read a passage of scripture out of Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, His delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. So we saw that a minute ago, that that the nourishment we get these green pastures is the word of God, the instruction of God. And now we're in this refreshing waters thing. So in verse 3 of chapter 1 of Psalm, he says, he is like that person who trusts in God, who meditates on God's instruction, who is nourished from, from God's word. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season. And its leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. There is this fruitfulness to abiding in Christ. There's this fruitfulness from going to where the shepherd leads us to water. And that water is in him. That, that refreshment is in him. It's the water that he gives that we'll never be thirsty again. It springs up inside of us, it produces a fruit. And people will see and know what shepherd we belong to. So, how, how's your refreshment going? Are you finding refreshment in the Lord daily? Is he he increasing in that daily? Is it springing up to life in you and that it overflows and produces a good fruit? Because that's the refreshment that the shepherd will lead us towards. Finally, number five. In still waters, the shepherd cleanses us. The shepherd cleanses us. Being led to still waters was not only about getting a refreshing drink of water. It also included a place for cleansing. Sheep would have wounds on them that would need to be addressed and and washed and clean. And sheep would have coats that were dirty or matty or in bad shape. And this water would help cleanse and renew and restore. That's what the water was used for. So these pools of water, these little reservoirs that were created by these dams across streams would be a place for cleaning up. For getting cleaned up. Listen, our shepherd, Jesus, leads us to still waters. And, and, and in him and in the power of his spirit, he washes and rejuvenates and refreshes us. He cleanses us. I, I want to read a passage out of Titus chapter three, verses three through seven. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions. And pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. Now think about that, that's that's the sheep we used to be. That's that's the sheep that we were when we were afraid, and carrying our own burdens and, and freaking out about everything in every corner and, and, and having this load that was too hard for us to carry. That's how we were before. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy. This compassion of the Savior, the shepherd. Through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Jesus Christ has come to save and he's come to wash and to cleanse us and to give us power to live by through the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I need a good cleaning every single day. We need to to, to check ourselves, to check our hearts and go to him and let us be, we want to be nourished and we want to be refreshed. We want to be renewed. We want to be rejuvenated. We want to be cleansed so that we look and appear as his sheep. Not cleansed on our own accord, but because because of the saving power of Jesus Christ, according to his mercy. The Spirit continues to wash over us and and offer us cleansing. He's cleansed us through his shed blood, and he continues to rejuvenate us through his Spirit. You know, we've been doing a verse at a time here. This is verse 2. But verse 2 really is connected to verse three, and I want, us, I want us to see that connection. And just the first part of verse three, a here's the text. It says this: We covered the Lord is my shepherd; I, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life, and that's what connects. We have green pastures and. Quiet waters there to nourish us and provide rest and peace and comfort and fruitful refreshment and cleansing, ultimately in order to renew our life or restore our soul. I hope as you look to Psalm 23 and look at verse 2 and that first part of verse 3, that you would see the necessity for our souls to be restore, restored and you would find the, the joy in having been restored and renewed by Jesus, the Good Shepherd. I love you guys. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you have humbled yourself and given us an opportunity to be your sheep, to learn from you, to be led by you, to be guided by you. God, that you are the bread that we need, you're the nourishment we need, and you've given us your word. And God, you are the water that we need, that you would spring up within us wells of, of life and they would overflow and people would know that we are your sheep and you are our shepherd. God, let us go to you for the renewal and the rejuvenation that we need that's only found in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you and praise you and trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go into a, a song to close us out right now, and then after that, there's some discussion questions I would encourage you to have. Uh, with, maybe you're by yourself. You can have those just where you're at. Go through those and analyze where your heart is and what, what's going on there. Who, who might be your shepherd that might not be Jesus? Or, or have that with your family. But I encourage you to continue to, to worship and praise. And, and if you're able next week, come on out. 930 service uh, at the, uh, the southwest corner of the cemetery. It, it's an awesome time. It's a rich time uh, to be with your, your church family. So I love you guys so much. You guys take care. God bless.